Hello? Hello? Are you still there? It goes nothing. Welcome back. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. Mmm. That was really good, actually. Not bad at all. That was really good. Looks like a sh <laughs> contains graphic and exclusive content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Hello! We are back. Finally! Yes. <laughs> we are so sorry to have taken two months away from you. Two whole months. Two whole months. As everybody knows in the world, you know, we have coronavirus going around. Um, we started having the Black Lives Movement um, happen around the world. And when corona started, well, I guess that's just not started, but maybe like a m month and a half ago, mm -hmm. um, our schedule started getting really different. Um, things here in Texas started opening back up, restaurants, for example, and um gabby works in restaurants so our schedules were just very off yeah uh, so we didn't really have time to record yeah you just never even know what your schedule is going to be that week honestly. yeah at least for me yeah especially especially serving especially right now like everything could change dramatically and completely different within like two weeks but Anyways, um, that was one of the reasons, you know, we our schedules just weren't colliding right, and we didn't want to give you half-assed episodes, so we wanted to make sure they were good. And I know that episode 11 was a two-parter. I know, we just, like, left it hanging. Yeah, and we oh are so sorry about that. We're it's okay. extremely sorry. Um, we didn't pre-record at all. We just, like, our, you know, our episodes to be more fresh. So we try to record each week just, like, one episode so they're fresher for you guys. But um, Gabby's going to – don't worry about that because Gabby's going to give you a, a brief of the whole episode, what she's already talked about. If you forgot, about. I'll, like, jog your memory a little bit. Yeah, she'll, she'll go about what she talked about in last episode, and then she'll continue her part two. Um, what was that? What else was I going to say? Um, oh, another reason that we weren't recording is because somebody close to us called oh. – the virus. Yes, so, so that um, made us quarantine from everybody and each other for almost, well, two weeks. Not almost, two weeks. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, until our test results came back. Yeah. We were good Yeah, whenever they came back. We were negative. But um, it takes a long time for them to come back. That was, like, another thing. Like, we were supposed to start recording, and then our friend came down with it, and we were like, shit. Yeah, and we then we, we didn't even wait to see if, you know, we had any symptoms. We went right away because we were exposed so we went to go get checked. All of us came out negative. Unfortunately, that person did not, but they're healthy again. They're fine. So thank God. But um, we did have to quarantine ourselves. So that was another reason why we weren't, you know, giving episodes out. We're not that high tech yet. We don't know how to use Zoom and shit. We're not what that rich. Zoom? Exactly. <laughs> We're not that rich. I don't have a fancy computer like that. I have something that can get me by. Um, Girl, my shit dinosaur as fuck. Yeah. If that shit's not plugged in, it's going to die. It dies in five. <laughs> mine too. If my shit is not plugged in, it will literally die in like five minutes. Yeah. 
Not kidding. It has to constantly be plugged in. Same. That was my old one, but this one's a little better, but it was also given to me. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is we're not rich. We don't know how to work Zoom and all that high-tech shit that all our favorite podcasts are doing right now. We wish we could, but we can't. Yeah, unfortunately, not broke. Not right now. (laughs) Especially not right now. (laughs) Um, So at the beginning of our episode, of course, you heard us take a shot. Which actually was not that bad. Oh, yeah. Let me go. I didn't even get the name. It, it was some... Gabby said she got it from her job as, like, a prize, basically. They gave them a prize. It's a rum. It's, uh... Here, you read it. It is called Tropic Isle Palms, and it's a coconut flavor to Caribbean rum with natural flavors. <clears throat> and it was really good. Yeah, we thought I it thought was, it was going to be gross. Yeah, because most rums that we've been tasting coconut lately have still been very strong or syrupy, and yeah. I don't like syrupy. Me neither. Ew. I'm glad I refrigerated and didn't have it in the freezer. freezer. Yeah, that would have been so bad. The freezer probably would have made it worse, but that wasn't that bad. We took a line with it, but honestly, you didn't need it. But if we're being honest, if you don't like sweet things, don't try it. It was more of like a shot of sugar water. Yeah, yeah, it was actually. <laughs> like, it wasn't overpowering sweet, it. but it, the sweetness was definitely there. For sure. Um, we're also drinking. Oh, see, we're already forgetting how to do the damn podcast. Oh, that hey, what's in our glass? <laughs> well, it was the Caribbean rum. <laughs> we did fucking forget. <laughs> we forgot how to podcast. Oh, my. That's like God. our, that's literally our no, number one line. I knew so. Our number one that we always cap on. Like, yeah. I should have known something was going to mess up. I already we even it. talked about what we were going to, yeah. like, what we needed to bring Talk about, yeah. Then. Yeah, and then, well, um. What's in our glass? So, today, uh, we had a Caribbean <laughs> shot. Um, and then we're drinking, right now, we're drinking Modelo. We might move to wine later, but if we do, I'll update you on what type of wine. But right now, we're just drinking Modelo. Yeah. Um, this is my first time drinking it by itself, and really not too like without shabby. a michelada and stuff. Yeah, just yeah. like plain. I prefer if like, I drink it, I like it with a lime, just lime. I don't like salt. Yeah, stuff. it tastes. Yeah, whenever you put, I drink it without the lime first, and then you put it in mine, and I was like, oh, it's better. Yeah, it's way better. Mm-hmm. And it gives it a way better flavor. I prefer Corona Light, but this is this is fine. It's just, you know, you drink certain beers for too much, and then, like, it just tastes gross after yeah. that, no matter what, but... Mm-hmm. Ow! Shit! <laughs> um, what else do I have to talk about? Ding, 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 ding. We're so excited to be back, you guys. We have very exciting stories coming your way. We hope that we can update you guys on more things that we're slowly working on, but all this COVID stuff is throwing everything way behind, so... Yeah. Um... We hope you guys are still there, still listening to us. Hello. <laughs> I've seen that we've gotten an actual percentage in France and obviously the United States. And then I believe we just got one more. I'm going to check right now, actually, because I just want to give you a shout out. Oh, Ireland. Oh, oh, actually, we bumped up there. So we have... Obviously, most of our views are in the United States, and that's 96% of our audience. Mm-hmm. And then we have Ireland, Australia, United Kingdom. We're getting there? Yep. 
we're not gonna stop now. Um, okay, well, I don't, I don't really have any more announcements to say. I guess I'll start off with my review. Yeah, her review. All right, we're starting it's off. It's really good. All it's right. a good review. Let's hear and it. Hopefully it jogs off memory a little bit. Oh, let okay. me, I don't know if I said this, you're listening to Booze with Booze. I'm Lucia, your, your host, and my other host. Gabby. <laughs> we totally forgot to say that and told you we're a Damn, little rusty. We suck this time. We are a little rusty. I am so sorry. <laughs> this is season two, episode 12. Go. Okay. So, for the review. Okay, so it starts off, you got Dennis Nielsen. Um, he was born in 1945. Um, at a very young age, you know, he figured out he was gay. Um, he goes into the army, like, right after high school. Then eventually he becomes a security guard after, like, I think it's, like, 10 years or something. Um, and then that's whenever he starts his murders. Um, so, okay, all of his murders, they were mostly men. Um, most of them he met at a bar, and he, like, you know, figures out a way to, like, get them home, either, like, for sex or, like, hey, I have alcohol, like, the bar's closing, like, we can go back and drink. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so he strangles most of his victims, and then he, like, this is where it gets real fucking weird. He, like, bathes the bodies. Do you kind of remember Yeah, this? I remember. Okay, so he, like, bathes the bodies, and then, um, he, like, drags their bodies into the bedroom and, like, fondles them. And, like, you know, does weird stuff, like, and he, jerks off, like... He tries to keep their corpse alive as long as possible, right? It's weird for you to say alive, but he tries uh, to keep them, like... Composed. Try, yeah, like, I guess, like, fresh. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a weird term. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> She's, like, alive. I'm like, well, he yeah. killed him. <laughs> Not really. Um, yeah, so a nice word to put is, like, he fondles them, mm-hmm. a.k.a. jerks off over their dead bodies. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, so, and then whenever they begin to smell, he places their bodies under the floorboard of his apartment in Melrose Avenue, which I just, I don't know if apartments were different back then, but, like, maybe he was on the bottom floor. I don't know. It doesn't make really... Um, they probably weren't, like, well-built, and, I mean, I have heard of, like, uh, floorboards that you can get into and stuff like that, so maybe it was just loose, um, wood flooring. How do you fit all them damn bodies? They're, like... Yeah, I feel like maybe it was, like, a townhome or something. Maybe. Some people... Well, it said, I don't, um, it said the word they were using was flat, but I figured that's another, I just put apartment, because America. Flat kind of sounds like house. Gabby's always right. What were you saying? Gabby's yeah. always right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were saying that when we were on I pause. Thank you. I'm looking it up. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, That's so. Not, oh, wait, you say it. I yeah, want to hear okay, it come so, out of your mouth. Gabby is right. Um, flat does mean apartment. In, like, Never been wrong a day in my life. 
Never been wrong. Can we go back in episodes? Can somebody <laughs> can somebody help me out? Find Gabby's mistakes. <laughs> Each mistake pointed out, please. Okay, so anyways, he puts the bodies after they start to smell, he puts them under the floorboards of his apartment in Melrose Avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um after killing over ten guys, um they're under his floorboards. His landlord tells him, yo, dog, you got to move because I want to renovate the apartment. So, um, so yeah. So, Nielsen decides, uh, okay, well, what the fuck am I going to do with all these damn bodies? Right. So, he's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to burn them. Um, so, he burns them behind, like, his apartment, I guess. I don't know. Like, that's what confuses me. Like, I don't know if they had, like, an open field behind their apartment whatever but probably he, probably like a maybe even like a wood air wooded area maybe a, oh yeah a wooded area yeah so he burns the bodies back there and then to cover up the smell he uses like a t- like a bur- like he burns a tire with it and it like helps cover the smell mm-hmm. and it like works. the rubber smell yeah rubber be stinking sometimes like really bad yeah so, anyways, that works um, because after he moves to, I want to say, Cranley Gardens, I think that's how you say it, um, and that's where we left off. Okay. So, right. he kills all these people. How he's, many, do you remember how many he's, he's killed? He's killed at least, po- yeah, he's killed probably more than 10 guys. Oh, I don't shit. think I went over um, I don't think it, like, before, like, I went over every single guy he killed. I don't think because so. Because it isn't, it isn't, like, it doesn't even say, like, some oh, of, yeah, like, he doesn't even talk about some of the guys he killed, so. Mm, he's I just, just saying, like, this is the amount of people. Oh, okay. So, okay. I think it was, like, probably over ten by this point. You know, this kind of reminds me of the story that I'm going to be telling. Really? Yeah, I didn't realize how similar it was until just now. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, Sorry. Okay, so, he's living in Cranley Gardens, and this is where it begins. Oh. Or, it ends. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, Nielsen moves into Cranley Gardens. It's like an attic apartment. Okay. Don't know what the fuck that means. Do you know? Um, I would assume attic apartment probably means, like, somebody's attic in their home that they're renting out. Because their attics uh, are probably bigger. But whenever I, like, go on to explain, like, whenever I go into more detail, like, it's actually, like, I think it's, like, an actual apartment building, and there's, like, there, because there's, uh, like, tons of other people who have their own little apartments in there. Hmm, so maybe apartment. he was just, like, the top, the very top apartment. Maybe. Like, maybe it was just, like, one building, and his building was the very top one. Probably. That's what I thought it was. Okay. Well, you were right about the last thing, so I'm believing you. <laughs> Never am wrong. <laughs> Okay, so, obviously, he was unable to store any bodies beneath his floorboard. Right. For almost two months, any acquaintances, like, Nielsen encountered and lured to his apartment were not, like, assaulted or... Oh, so he yeah. was just... I guess he didn't... Have his fun and let them go, basically? Yeah. He Imagine if you were that guy. I know. You just got away from, like, a and murderer. And you didn't even know. Didn't even know. Didn't, you didn't even know. <laughs> Okay, although he did attempt to strangle a 19-year-old student named Paul Knobs on the 23rd of November, 1981, 
but stopped himself from completing the act. Hmm. So obviously he has some kind of fucking control over yeah. his some he has some type of like emotion, I guess. Yeah, like say. he he knows, like he's not like completely insane. Like he knows like okay, I can't kill anybody right now. I have nowhere to put their body. Yeah, like so he's, he's not being not, stupid about it. Let's yeah. say he's not being stupid about mm-hmm. it. In March 1982, Nielsen encountered a 23-year-old John Howlett while drinking at a bar near Little Square. What square? Go be Leicester? I don't know. So, Howlett was lured to Nielsen's apartment on promise of, like, continuing to drink with him. There, um, there, both Nielsen and Howlett drank as they watched a film before Howlett walked into Nielsen's front room and fell asleep on the bed. One hour later, Nielsen unsuccessfully attempted to rouse Howlett, I guess, Mm -hmm. try to, you know, get him going. Mm Mm-hmm. Then sat at the edge of the bed drinking rum as he stared at him before deciding to kill him. Ah, so he did kill him. I guess, maybe. Maybe. Following a struggle in which Howlett himself attempted to strangle his attacker. So, like, he was was trying to strangle him back. Like, he was fighting hard as fuck. Nielsen strangled um, Howlett into unconsciousness before returning to his living room. Shaking from the, quote, stress of the struggle, unquote. Him? Yeah, so I guess that's his words. He was shaking from the stress of the struggle. In which he believed he would be overpowered. So he thought, like, bro, this dude Hollett finna whoop my ass. Yeah. Um, He's never had somebody with that type of strength. Yeah, like, fight like that. Yeah. On three occasions over the following ten minutes, Nielsen unsuccessfully attempted to kill his victims after noting he had resumed breathing before deciding to fill his bathtub with water to and drown him. So I guess, yeah, he drowned him. For over a week following Hallett's murder, Nielsen's neck even had, like, the victim's, like, fingerprints. Oh, like, shit. impression on his neck. Damn, he was really Yeah, so he was really trying to... Fuck. Yeah. That's so... He was almost he almost got away too. Yeah. Right? Uh okay. Alright. So put him. I guess we'll I guess it'll jump back and tell you what happens to that guy because we're moving on to someone else right now. Mm-hmm. So this guy's name is Carl Stoter. Okay. Um in May 1982, Nielsen encountered Carl Stoder, a 21-year-old homosexual drinking at a bar. Mm-hmm. Nielsen engaged Carl in conversation, discovering um, he was depressed following a, like, failed relationship. Okay. Nielsen invited him to his apartment, as he always do, assuring his guests had no intention of, like, sexual activity. So he was like, you know, we don't have to have sex. We'll just go back and, like, hang out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like that. I'm gonna be buds. Yeah. <laughs> At the apartment, Carl consumed further alcohol before falling asleep in an open sleeping bag. I guess, I don't, I find that weird. Like, who just has a sleeping bag? Yeah, why are you just chilling inside of a sleeping bag? Yeah, like, what the fuck? (laughs) What the? (laughs) He later awoke to find himself being strangled with Nielsen loudly whispering, Stay still. Yo! And it's 
in quotes, so you know. He said that. Yes. In his subsequent testimony, so at Nielsen's trial, so Mm. he survives, obviously. Oh, thank God. Right? Carl stated he initially believed Nielsen was trying to free him from the zip of the sleeping bag before he returned to a state of unconsciousness. Um, he then vaguely recalled hearing water running before realizing he was immersed in the water and that Nielsen was attempting to drown him. After briefly succeeding in raising his head above the water, Carl gasped the words, quote, No more, please, no more, unquote, before Nielsen again submerged Carl's head beneath the water. Believing he had killed Carl, Nielsen seated him in his armchair, then saw, like, the dog, like, licking Carl's face, like his dog. Mm-hmm. Nielsen realized that there was the tiniest thread of life that still clung to Carl. So even the dog realized, like, hey, wake up. Yeah, or... like, I guess it was trying to, like, maybe wake him up. That poor, that poor dog had to live with somebody who, like, Kill people. Yeah, he probably saw it and was like, like, no, you're still alive. Wake up. Start crying. Okay, so from there, this is where it gets weird. It doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know why he does this, but okay. He rubs, okay, so um, Nielsen rubbed like Carl's limbs and heart to increase circulation. Then he covered the youth's body in blankets and laid him on the bed. So he was, like, trying to, like, revive him almost. He was, like, trying to get, like, circulation in him to, like, revive him. After he just wanted him dead? Yeah, he just tried to kill him twice. When Carl regained consciousness, Nielsen embraced him. He then explained to Carl he had almost strangled himself in the zip of the sleeping bag and that he had resuscitated him. Oh, oh, so he tried blaming him on the sleeping bag. Yeah, so, and that doesn't make any fucking sense to me, because how do you get caught in the zipper of a sleeping bag and, like, almost die? Why do you zip your whole fucking body in there to begin with? Yeah. Why would you do that? That makes no sense. Yeah, like, and even before, like, whenever I read it, it said that he fell asleep in an unzipped sleeping bag. So, so he woke up, and he thought he was entangled in the bag and this guy was trying to untangle him. him. It just isn't... I just... I don't know. If I was him, I'd be like, that bitch. bitch yeah. Like, I know the way me. I fell asleep. Yeah, bitch. like... What? Hell no. I think he's, um... Maybe it cut off the oxygen to his head. Yeah. Okay, so this is where it kind of goes. Yeah, so... Okay, so you'll see. Okay. Over the following two days, Carl repeated, repeatedly lapsed in and out of consciousness. He was so, alive for days? Yeah, so he was, like... Oh, shit. ...in there just going in and out and in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess maybe he was thinking that because he didn't have enough... Oxygen to his brain. Right. When Carl had regained enough strength to question Nielsen as to his recollections of being uh, strangled and immersed in cold water, Nielsen's explanation was that he had been caught in the zip of the sleeping bag following a nightmare, and then that he had placed him in cold water because he was in shock. Honey, you don't place someone in cold water when they're in shock. Wouldn't that make them go more into shock? Yeah, it makes it worse. 
<laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Okay, buddy. Oh, whatever. I guess this was a long ass time ago, so I guess maybe a lot of people didn't have that knowledge. Um, I mean, I would. What year is this? Do you, what year is this? Do you remember? I'm sorry, I don't remember what year. Nope. Don't remember. Okay. I think it was like 1980s. Okay, well maybe they just didn't. All right. Anyways. Okay. So <laughs> Nielsen then led Carl to a nearby railroad station where he informed him that he hoped they might meet again. Okay. So that's like so weird to me. So you try <laughs> to kill this guy twice, and then the guy's like in and out of consciousness you in your home for two days. You never call an ambulance. You never take him to the hospital. Then you drop this guy off at a railroad station, and then. The guy doesn't say anything about it to anyone. Maybe, just, but maybe back in that, you know, that time era, they couldn't because he was gay. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe he, maybe he, he didn't want talk people to know yeah. that he was. He probably wasn't open about that. Could yeah. be. That makes sense. See, I kind of smart. But I feel like if that happened to me, I would just be like, I just made a, I don't know. I would just be like, I just made a friend and we just but went see, and hung out and. Mm, yeah. I knocked out. But you have to imagine, like, how it is in that time era. Like, how it was happening. Yeah. Because I'm sure it was completely different how we could have handled it now. Yeah. I know it was. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, it probably just wasn't that easy to be like, well, I just, you know, I met him and he tried to do that to me. And no, that they'd probably be like, well, why were you with him to begin with? He probably knew. Yeah. You know? True, true. Alright. Okay, so, um, moving on. Five months later, Nielsen encountered a 27-year-old named Graham Allen attempting to get a taxi. Graham accepted... Is it Graham or Graham? (laughs) (laughs) You're probably right. It's G-R-A-H-A-M. Graham. Like Graham Cracker? Okay. (laughs) I was like, Graham. <laughs> That's a weird ass <laughs> I'm gonna mess up in my Bug story my too. Life. It's okay. <laughs> Graham. Graham. You start saying it more aggressive every time. <laughs> I was like, Graham. What the fuck is that? We're Graham. Okay. Damn, that great. Okay, so Graham accepted. <laughs> What is it, Graham? Graham. Like Graham Graham Cracker. Like Graham Cracker. Okay, Graham. I'm sorry. Graham. Graham. (laughs) Okay, alright. Oh, shit. Alright, what Graham do you? Fuck. I'm glad his story isn't that long. Oh, shit. That's kind of fucked up to say. Damn, okay. We're so sorry, Graham. Gabby is sorry, Graham. Obviously, she doesn't know. Oh, I'm crying. Okay. So, Graham accepted Nielsen's offer to accompany him to um, his apartment for a meal. Um, as had been, like, the case with, like, other victims, too. Like, okay, so anyways. Okay, so at this point, Graham is back at the... Back at his, Nielsen's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um... Nielsen stated that he could not recall the precise moment he had strangled Graham, but recalled approaching him as he sat eating an omelet with the full intention of murdering him. Mm. 
Graham's body was retained in a bathtub for a total of three days before Nielsen began the task of dissecting the body on the kitchen floor. Ooh. Imagine a body sitting in... I don't know, actually, if that would be the same. Like, if you know how when you're alive and you're in the water too long, your hands and stuff get pruny? They, like, crinkle. Yeah, would that happen to a dead body? Yeah, I think it... Yeah. Right? I don't see why it wouldn't. I think it would make you... I don't know if it has anything to do with, like, blood flow or something. No, it does. It does do that. It does... I think it does make you crinkle. When you're in the water? I think so. Sorry. Okay. And we'll jump back into that. But we're moving on. Moving on. Uh, Next person. On January 26th of 1983. Okay, so it was the 80s. Okay. 20-year-old Stefan. Sorry. Yeah. Stefan Sinclair. Um, Stefan was last seen by acquaintances um, in company of Nielsen walking in the direction of a tube station. I don't know what the hell a tube station is. Mm. It know. didn't give any context clues? Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, at Nielsen's apartment, Stefan fell asleep in a drug and alcohol-induced slumber. Like a coma? Like an alcoholic coma? Yeah. In an armchair. So, he, I guess he, like, passed out, like, f- like fucked up. Deep, deep sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nielsen approached Stefan, knelt before him, and said to himself, oh, quote, Ugh, I hate this. Okay, so, because this is how you know it's their words, because it's quoted. Yeah. Quote, oh, Stefan, here I go again, unquote. Yeah. That poor Stefan. I know. Before strangling him with a ligature. L-I-G-A-T-U-R-E? Ligature? Um, Usually when they say ligature marked, it's like some type of rope or something. Uh, I think. That makes sense. I think. Oh, yeah, because it says constructed with a necktie and a rope. Yeah. It's just like the, the marks, basically. Yeah, the markings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, noticing bandages. I guess um, Nielsen, he like noticed bandages on each of Stefan's wrists. Nielsen removed these to discover several deep slash marks from where Stefan had recently tried to kill himself. Oh, no. Yeah, I guess he had tried to... Damn, that's fucked up. And then he killed him. Yeah. Fuck. It was probably because... And he survived it, and then he got killed. It was probably because he was gay. It, yeah, especially back in those times. Yeah, dude. You can't come out into the open with something like that. Mm-mm. Like, at all. I'm watching this show right now. Sorry, But, like, he would meet all of them at, like, gay bars. Yeah, and see, I feel like gay bars were pretty private back then as well, too. Like, no, you know, no gay man was going around being like, oh, I'm talking to so-and-so, I'm talking to this person. Like, yeah. Because it was all, like, pretty low-key back then. Mm-hmm. I was watching this show called Claws on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's actually really fucking good. And there's this part where... Um, is it like a documentary? No, it's actually like a like a legit show. It, it's kind of like a drug show in a okay. way. Um, they traffic drug. I mean, not drugs. They launder money and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, what was I saying? I don't know. Damn, I can't read your mind. A little bit We were talking about... I wanted to bring up that show for some reason because there was um, a part that... Oh, uh, it was really hard to be gay back then. 
Is that kind of jogging memory? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one of the characters in the show, it, she's a dyke, and she thought, like, her parents hated her, basically, because she was a dyke, and mm-hmm. then, I don't want to give too much, but, um, long story short, the parents came out to her and her kid, like, her and her son, mm-hmm. and they were like, no, like, we've been gay this whole time, like, this is a cover-up marriage, like, but you cannot tell anybody, mm-hmm. and the dyke girl is like, well, it's more open now, like, you can be out in the open, she's like, no, like, the the mom, mm-hmm. the older woman is like, no, like, we, we cannot be out, like, do not tell about our business, so, like, it's still, like, you know, something that they have to hide and shit, like, mm-hmm. so, it's just, Oh, I just think fuck? it's crazy, yeah. That is so crazy. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of older people that are still scared to, like... Come out. Yeah. Like, they're probably hiding in their marriage, and their marriage partner probably knows it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. It's just sad. Oh, Damn, I can't believe I forgot crazy. what I was going to say. My bad. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I was going in. I was like... Right, cool. <laughs> um. Okay, so following his usual routine of, like, bathing the body... Nielsen lays Stefan's body on the bed, applied talcum powder to the body, um, then arranged three mirrors around the bed before laying naked alongside Stefan's corpse. Gross. Uh, so sick. Several hours later, he turned Stefan's head towards him before kissing his body on the forehead and saying, quote, Good night, Stefan. Ew! No! I know, it's horrible. Nielsen then fell asleep alongside the body. As, Does um, he caress him? Yeah, he fondles mm. them. He, like, cuddles them. That's gross. That's so weird. Um, so he falls asleep along the, alongside the body. Um... As had been, like, the same case with, like, Howlett and Alan. Like, he would, like, fondle them. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> um, they're, they're cold. Like, cold. I mean, dead bodies are cold. Like, I, how do you find affection out of that? Yeah, like. I want to know what triggers the brain to, like, yeah. find that attractive. Yeah. I mean, and whenever he gets arrested, like, it kind of goes, like, deeper into Okay. It so we'll kind of we'll get there. Okay. Um, Stefan's body was dissected with various dismembered parts wrapped in like plastic bags and stored in like either a wardrobe, um, a tea chest, or I, I'm pretty sure they meant toy chest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been a tea chest. I don't know what a tea chest is. I would like, pick you know like Britain like, people. Britain people and stuff, English, England. They people? have a oh like yeah. tea. Oh, I think that I think this story is from like yeah. I think it's from. I mean, earlier you said flat, and that was a yeah. British term. So yeah. Okay, so I guess like tea chest, yeah, like a legit tea. Like we're gonna have tea, probably a set, like, like a big like, yeah, like a I big chest box. Yeah, um, and or like within a drawer located beneath the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Nielsen attempted to dispose of the flesh, internal organs, and smaller bones um, of all three victims killed at Cranley Gardens by flushing their dissected remains down his toilet. So he was, like, like flushing, like, the small bones and, like, everything he could, like, down the drain. I wonder how that didn't clog. Nowadays, this should be clogging. Hell Yeah. And a practice which he had done to several victims at 
Melrose Avenue. So he did the same thing over there. He flushed them? Yeah, he flushed, like oh. just like little bones. Uh-huh. I guess he would flush down the toilet. Yeah. He also boiled the heads, hands, and feet to remove the flesh um, off these sections of the victim's body. So they couldn't be identified? How do you live in an apartment and people are not smelling that shit? That don't make no sense you to me. You would smell out right outside that person's door, I would feel like. Oh, It'd yeah. Be so strong. Dude, it would come through the ceiling smell. Like, dude. Especially I, that condensation. My upstairs neighbor smokes hella weed, and sometimes it, I will smell it in my apartment. Really? I ain't mad at it. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm not good. complaining, but, like, it does, like, you can smell it through, like, your yeah. vents. I was going to say, but, yeah, like. I can only imagine, especially, I'm sure he's not boiling it in, like, and it, even if it was a chemical, it would be even stronger in his apartment. Yeah. Like. You would probably pass out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you could cover that smell at yeah, all. I don't either. On February 4th, 1983, Nielsen wrote a letter. He's so fucking stupid right here, bro. Why would you do this stupid <laughs> shit? Okay, Nielsen wrote a letter of complaint to a, a state agent's? Uh-huh, like a, I said, a state, uh, like, like a, um, yeah. house people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Complaining that the drains at Craney Gardens were blocked. I didn't want to jump. Uh, you brought it up earlier, but I didn't want to jump too far ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, he calls and complains that it's blocked and that the situation for both himself and the other tenants on the property was intolerable. But he was the one clogging that shit. Yes. Like, Hell but it's no. intolerable. So now somebody has to go check and now they're going to find everything. Maybe. Stupid. I don't know. But, like, why would he be the one to, I'm, I guess maybe because he knew his tenants were going to complain. So he's like, let me be the first so I don't look suspicious. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like that make, uh, but see, <laughs> I feel like back in the day people weren't that, um, suspicious or aware of people being serial killers like that like yeah they weren't expecting i guess you could say yeah they're probably just like oh this man's being a generous tenant yeah (laughs) he cares about the others i don't know um nielsen's murders were oh here we go yeah 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 here we go okay nielsen's murders were first discovered by a Dino Rod employee. Michael. That was his name. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> like I was going to keep Michael? this single. <laughs> oh, no. What about Michael? <laughs> okay. So he responded to the plumbing complaint. So I guess Dino Rod is like a plumbing company. Right. Like the, probably like the sewage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So he responds to the complaints made by both Nielsen and other tenants. So I guess other tenants did complain too. Um... On the 8th of February, 1983. Opening a drain drain cover on the side of the house. Oh, maybe it is a house. It is like a house apartment, I guess. I'm saying maybe like a townhome. Probably a townhome. Because at this part it says opening a drain covered on the side of the house. So I guess it's like a... Maybe a townhome. Yeah. Michael discovered the drain was packed with a flesh-like substance and numerous small bones of unknown organs. Michael reported his um, reported his suspicions to his supervisor Gary Wheeler. Michael had arrived to the property at dusk. He and Wheeler agreed to 
postpone further investigation into the blockage until the following morning. So Wheeler's like his supervisor. Mm Mm-hmm. Prior to leaving the property, Nielsen and a fall, uh, sorry, a fellow tenant named Jim Al- Alcock convened with with Michael to discuss the source of the substance. So I guess he was probably like scared. So he's like, okay, let's let's go talk to him and see like what's going on. Mm-hmm. See if he why, found anything. Yeah, why it's like this and mm-hmm. stuff. Right. So after hearing Michael's ex exclaim how similar the substance was in appearance to human flesh nielsen replied quote it looks to me like someone has been flushing down their kentucky fried chicken unquote ew <laughs> yeah at 7 30 a.m the following morning michael and wheeler returned to 23 cranley gardens by which time the drains had been cleared so I feel like that just automatically, like, would be... I'm going to suspect both the guys who came and talked to me. Because why are the drains cleared out of nowhere after I just talked to them? (sighs) My thing... mm -hmm. Keep going before... before (laughs) Why are you moaning like that? Mm -hmm. Ugh. Like I said, ugh. It's because I want to say so much, but... I always do that, and then it's, something's it, answered later yeah, on. Yeah, it's so. like pops up later. I'm just trying to fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously this aroused suspicion of both men. Mm-hmm. Michael discovered some scraps of flesh and four bones in a pipe leading from the drain, which leaked to the top apartment of the house. To both Michael and Wheeler, the bones look like as if they ori- um, originated from a human hand. Both men immediately called the police who, upon closer inspection, discovered further smaller bones and scraps of what looked like to the naked eye either human or animal flesh in the same, like, pipe. Mm-hmm. These remains were taken to the, what is it called? Mortar? What is it called? Um, just say the morgue. The morgue. What is it actually called, though? Mortuary? Morgerary. The more the more rare. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you had it that time. I was like, Me yeah, too. yeah, that one. Mortuary. <laughs> Mort- the morgue. Yep, the morgue. <laughs> at at Hornsey, I guess that's how you say it. Hornsey over here. <laughs> <laughs> We're path the path path. The largest. Okay, I should have reread it. I usually highlight the words I can't read and look them up on Google before I start oh this. Oh my! I forgot to. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, we got this. Oh wait, it came sunny as hell. Hi, my name's Gabby, and my mom never told me how to fucking read. <laughs> Okay, so Professor David Bowen advised police that the remains were human. Okay, so they know there's human remains in those drains. All right, they tested that shit. (laughs) And that one particular piece of flesh he concluded had been from a human neck bone. Mm. A ligature mark. Okay, so like a strangulation mark. Yeah, so I guess... That's whenever they realize, okay, whoever's bones these are, they're dead. And they've been murdered. Yeah. This is a homicide. Mm-hmm. 
After learning from fellow attendants that the top floor apartment from where the human remains had been flushed belonged to Nielsen, Detective Chief Inspector Peter J. and two colleagues waited outside the house until Nielsen returned home from work. When Nielsen returned home, Jay introduced himself and his colleagues, explaining that he had come to inquire about the blockage in the drains from his apartment. Nielsen asked why the police were interested in his drains and also if the two officers present with Jay were health inspectors. In response, Jay informed Nielsen that the other two were also police officers and requested access to his apartment to discuss the matter further. The three officers followed Nielsen into his apartment where they immediately noted the odor of rotting flesh. How do you not smell that outside the door? I know. Like, through the entire place, you would think you would be able to smell it. Yeah, it would be running through the vents. Yeah, right? Nielsen asked again why the police were interested in his drains, to which he was informed the blockage had been caused by human remains. Nielsen faked shock and bewilderment, stating, quote, Good grief, how awful, unquote. Ew. In response, Jay replied, quote, don't mess, about, don't mess about, where's the rest of the body, unquote. Oh, they already knew it was him. Hell yeah. <laughs> Nielsen responded calmly, admitting that the further remain, remainder of the body could be found in two plastic bags. He just admitted to it after that? I mean, they're in his home. They smell it. They... <sighs> Yeah. They know. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, like, how are you going to cover that up? Yeah. You just have to fucking admit it at that point. Yeah. Um, so he said like, okay, there's like the rest of the bodies in a plastic bag in the nearby like wardrobe. Jay and his colleagues noted the overwhelming smell of decomposition. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate that they use the word noted so much in these. Yeah, I'll just be starting to make a moan. I know, I started using, like, noticed. <laughs> like, I try to, like, switch it up. They realize. Yeah, realize. It's like, oh, my God, they use noted so much. The officers did not open the cupboard, but asked Nielsen if there were any more body parts to be found, to which Nielsen replied, quote, it's a long story. It goes back a long time. I'll tell you everything. I want to get it off my chest. Not here, at the police station, unquote. He was then arrested and taken to Hornsey Police Station. I, I really like this part for some reason. I just think it's, like, really dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to read it in a dramatic voice. All right, go. <clears throat> Let me get this. Oh, a little beer. swiggy swig. Back in the swig swig. A little swig. <laughs> <laughs> swig a swig. Okay. As he was escorted to the... Pl- Why are you not paying attention? I am paying attention. You was looking around? Uh-uh. This is the most Alarm dramatic part. part. Okay, I'm listening. Okay. As he was escorted to the police station, Nielsen asked whether the remains in his apartment belonged... Oh, sorry. Re- uh, <laughs> I gotta reread that part. I fucked up. All right, we're going back to where it ended saying it was a dramatic part. Why aren't you listening? Yes. One... Two, three. <coughs> okay. Go. <So. laughs> As he was escorted to the police station, Nielsen was asked whether the remains in his apartment belonged to one person or two. Staring out the window of the police car, he replied, quote, 15 or 16 since 1978, unquote. 
Dun, dun, dun. Holy shit. I know. That's why, like, whenever I was, like, rereading it, like, rereading, like, the last, um... episode like going over like my notes and stuff trying to get information i was like well i only went over nine people Mm -hmm. and i was like and in this part two he had only killed three so So he's saying yeah it doesn't say there's like a couple he said oh maybe 15 or 16 so obviously he's like they didn't get all of the story right so is he never mind i'll wait that evening, plastic bags were removed from the wardrobe and taken to Hornsey Mortuary. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> yeah! 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 That was the one. That you was say it. it now. Oh. <laughs> you say it again? <laughs> Mortuary. Mortuary. <laughs> Girl, when you said that, you looked at me cross-eyed. <laughs> I haven't drank this much. I have not drank this much in so long. Three days. No, I don't drink like that anymore. Yeah, okay. I was just hanging out with you last weekend. Wait, what was I? I mean, the weekend before. And how many beers did I drink? I stopped drinking that before all y'all. You couldn't even talk to me, right? You was fucked up. Can we cut that part out? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh god! <sighs> Halfway there. <laughs> Halfway there. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, but like okay. not really. Okay, well I'll just have to read faster. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. You're going at a good speed. Okay, one bag was found to contain two dissected torsos, one of which had been vertically dissected. Ugh! Vertically, <laughs> like straight down. <laughs> Bro, that means he cut his shit in his wiener. He probably cut it in half. What kind of saw would you have to have to cut through bone? Oh, an uh, 18. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. That's oh, my like, head. Wow. Like, why would you ask me that? Like, I don't fucking know. I thought it might have said that. 846, uh, copperhead. <laughs> that was so right. I thought maybe they said nah. No, they're not gonna say what kind of saw. Why not? That's weird. You didn't investigate hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to get to your story. (laughs) No. Okay, so the second bag contained a human skull completely like all the flesh was off basically. Mm -hmm. It was just the bone? Mm Mm-hmm. A severed head and a torso with the arms attached, but the hands missing. Both heads were found to have been subjected to moist heat. So I guess, like, that's whenever he was, like, boiling them. Mm-hmm. In an interview conducted on February 10th, Nielsen confessed everything, even the murders from Melrose Avenue. Police even, I mean, police were even able to find remaining bones he burnt at the old apartment. Damn, he didn't even try to clean it up after? I guess not. Like you would think you would get that ash and like yeah, like trash do something. Yeah, shit. like do something with it. Because I'm pretty sure the ash, especially nowadays, that ash can still be traced to DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. Okay, so Michael, which is the plumbing guy who like first discovered everything, right. contacted the Daily Mirror on February 10th, informing the newspaper of the ongoing search for human remains at Cranley Gardens. 
leading the newspaper to break the story and spark interest um and I'm sorry, intense natural media interest. Mm-hmm. Under English law, the police had 48 hours in which to charge Nielsen or release him. Assembling the remains of the victims killed at Cranley Gardens on the floor of the Horsley Mortuary. Mm-hmm. So I guess they would like had to assemble all these. Try to figure out which person was to which and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, ma- like yeah. kind of like a puzzle, I would Basically, think Basically, exactly like a puzzle. Yeah. Professor Bowen was able to confirm the fingerprints on the body match those on the police files of Stefan. So they were able to, like, <clears throat> like, you know, find out who his remains were. Mm-hmm. At 5.40 p.m. on February 11th, Nielsen was charged with Stefan's murder and a statement revealing that he was released to the... I'm sorry. <laughs> Nielsen was charged with Stefan's yeah. murder, and a yeah. statement revealing this was released to the press. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Police interviewed Nielsen on 16 separate occasions over the following days and in interviews which totaled over 30 hours. Nielsen was... Adamant, he was uncertain as to why he killed, simply saying, quote, I'm hoping you will tell me that, unquote, when asked his motive for the murders. What the fuck? So he was like, I don't know why I do it. Like, you tell me what's wrong with me. You're the detective. Yeah. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He was adamant the decision to kill was not made until moments before the act of murder. Nielsen, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. It was never premeditated then. He just, like, was in the moment and was like, yep, I'm going to kill this person. Well, that's what he fucking says. Mm, but but yeah. they just be lying. Yeah, that's true. Motherfuckers just be lying. Just yeah, to lie. they're pathological liars. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> how so you say it. Say it, say it a little faster next pathological, time. Pathological, pathological, pathological. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, see? Who's drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Who's drunk? Not me. <laughs> Nielsen goes on to admit he typically bathed the victim's bodies, which we knew, mm-hmm. but we didn't know that he shaved off any hair from the torso, um, like, down to, like like conform it to his physical ideal man so like he would give them their dead bodies baths and then he would like shave them like just to make them all like smooth and then he would yeah then he applied makeup to any obvious like blemishes on the skin so I guess like the neck marks like he would like do makeup or like if they had like a pimple like he would like cover it with makeup just to make him look like a almost like a perfect doll is what i think of like uh, a yeah that's exactly probably what he was aiming for mm-hmm. especially when they started decomposing i'm sure yeah like he was like maybe he would probably put like blush on their cheeks yeah like, make them look alive Ooh. and shit i wouldn't but, doubt it yeah the body was usually dressed in socks and underpants before nielsen draped the victims around him as he talked to the corpse. I don't really know what that means. Maybe, like, um, a falling hug. Like, the dead person's arms are just, like, hanging around him. Oh. And he's, like, hugging them. And then he's, like, talking to them. Yeah, and he's talking to them while they're just, like... Ew. Yeah. That's how I imagine that. Ugh. With... Mm. That's horrible. <laughs> With most victims, Nielsen... Which we already kind of knew this, but it kind of goes into more detail... Um, Nielsen masturbated as he stood alongside or kneeled above the body 
and Nelson confessed to having occasionally engaged in intercural sex with victims' bodies. I-N-T-E-R-C-R-U-R-A-L. Intercruel? I don't know what that means. Intercruel. Intercruel. Um, just keep going and I'll, I'll stop. Okay. But he repeatedly stressed to investigators he had never actually penetrated his victims, ex- explaining that his victims were, mm. quote, too perfect and beautiful for the pathetic ritual of commonplace sex, unquote. Did you see what it meant? Yeah, um, it means between the legs. So, so he would never, he wouldn't like, he would touch go them all basically. the way in, but he would like, maybe like just <clears throat> on yeah. top of the skin and stuff. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> but ew, like, he said it was too perfect and too beautiful for the, for the ritual of commonplace sex. Like, they were just too good to just. It wasn't it men? Hmm? Wasn't it men? His victims? Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) When questioned as to whether he had any remorse for his crimes, Nielsen replied, quote, I wish I could stop, but I couldn't. I had no other thrill or happiness, unquote. He also emphasized that he took no pleasure from the act of killing, but, quote, worship the art and act of death, unquote. Interesting. Okay. Okay, so on February 11, 1983, Nelson was officially charged with the murder of Stefan. He was transferred to Brixton Prison, and he was held on remand until his trial. According to Nelson, upon being transferred to Brixton Prison to await trial, his mood was one of resignated resignation and relief so i guess he was like feeling like relieved like he was in prison with his belief being that he would be viewed in accordance with law as innocent until proven guilty nielsen objected to wearing a prison uniform while on remand and protest to having to wear a prison uniform and to in protest at having to wear a prison uniform in what was interpreted to be breaches of prison rules, Nielsen threatened to protest against his remand conditions by refusing to wear any clothes. <laughs> As a result of this threat, he was not allowed to leave his cell. On August 1st, Nielsen threw the contents of his chamber pot out of his cell, hitting several officers. So I guess like a chamber pot is like, you know, where you go to the restroom. Mm -hmm. So he threw that at the officers. This incident resulted in Nielsen being found guilty on August 9th of assaulting prison officers and subsequently spending 56 days in solitary confinement. Damn. Okay, now we're getting to the end, y'all. All right. Nielsen was brought on trial October 24, 1983, charged with six counts of murder and two it. um, and two counts of attempted murder. The trial began with Nielsen being asked by the chief administrator of the court whether he um, entered a plea of guilty or not guilty in relation to each charge. In response to each charge, Nielsen pleaded not guilty. Sorry. Yeah. But didn't he admit to it if they're charging him? Yeah, I guess like... 
not guilty, but like, um, oh, here, I'll, okay. let me read the rest and then it'll kind of explain it. Okay. Upon complication of his pleas, the jury was sworn into the courtroom. The primary dispute between the prosecuting and defense counsel was not whether Nielsen had committed the murders, mm-hmm. but his state of mind before during and after the murder so he was like i'm not guilty because i'm fucking insane and i'm not all the way there insanity card exactly the first witness to testify for the prosecution was douglas stewart who testified in the november 19 in november 1980 he had awoken in nielsen's apartment to find his ankles bound and nielsen strangling him Mm -hmm. successfully overpowering nielsen Stewart testified that Nielsen had then shouted, quote, take my money. So Nielsen, um, I guess, like, after, like, Nielsen was kind of trying to cover his ass, like, oh, my tenants will hear me say, take my money, like, I'm being robbed. Right, like, he was getting beat up and shit to cover his tracks. Yeah, exactly, if he got caught. Wow. This, the prosecution um, attested, reflected Nielsen's rationalization, so he had a cool presence of mind in that he hoped to be overheard by the other tenants. So he obviously is not, he's, he's, he's fucking like, not stupid. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, this will cover my tracks if like this guy gets away. Right. I could say, oh, he's trying to rob me or something. Right. Upon leaving Nelson's residence, Stewart had reported the attack to the police, who in turn questioned Nielsen. Noting conflicting details and accounts given by both men, police had dismissed the incident as a lover's quarrel. So it worked. So mm-hmm. him calling out like that, it worked for him because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm not dealing with that gay dude up there. Mm-hmm. On October 25th, the court, ha- um, the court heard testimony from two further men who had survived attempts by Nielsen to strangle them. The first of these, Paul Nobes, was a university student. Paul testified that he accompanied Nielsen to Cranny Gardens for alcohol and sex and woke up in the early hours of the morning with a, quote, terrible headache, unquote. Um, After washing his face in Nielsen's bathroom, as Paul, he, like, noticed his eyes were, like, bloodshot, his face was completely red. Mm. Nielsen was like, quote, God, you look bloody awful, unquote. Nelson then advised him, like, you should go see a doctor. Like, you look fucked up. But he was, he was like, I can't remember if he was, like, strangled or drugged. But, like, that's why his complexion was, was probably, like that. It's probably strangled because you're losing the oxygen to your head at this point. So, you're... It you're makes gonna, your eyes, like, yeah. I feel like bug out. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're being strangled so hard, your eyes, like... Mm-hmm. Like... They, like... like pop out. Yeah. Basically, almost. I mean, especially if you're doing it that fucking hard. Ugh. Paul had not reported the attack to the police for fear of his sexuality being discovered. Mm -hmm. Like what you said earlier. I'm sure that happened to a lot of them. Yeah. Contrary to the prosecution claims, the defense counsel asserted that Paul's testimony reflected Nielsen's rational self being unable to control his impulses. So obviously he's fucking able to control whether or not he kills people. Right, because he didn't kill some to begin with. Yeah, like he would invite people back and wouldn't kill them because he had nowhere to put their bodies. He was like, oh, maybe not this one. Yeah. Maybe the next one. <laughs> when I figure out where to put them. <laughs> the fact Nielsen had selected a university student as a potential victim was at odds with the prosecution's claims that Nielsen intentionally selected 
rootless males whose disappearance was unlikely to be noticed. Mm. Immediately after the testimony of Paul's had concluded, Carl took the stand to recount how in May 1982, Nielsen had attempted to strangle and drown him before bringing him back, quote, back to life, unquote. Mm -hmm. Carl's voice frequently, like, quivered with emotion as he recounted how Nielsen had repeatedly attempted to drown him in the bathtub as he pleaded in vain for his life to be spared and how he later awoke to Nielsen's dog licking his face. Mm. On several occasions, the judge had to allow Carl time to, like, regain his composure. Mm -hmm. On November 4th, 1983, the jury returned with a majority verdict of guilty upon six counts of murder and one of attempted murder. He was sentenced to life in prison with the recommendation that he serve a minimum of 25 years imprisonment. That ain't shit. That ain't shit. A minimum? You took over 15 people's lives. That's like one and a half lives each person. Like one and a half like year for each person. If that. Yeah, not even. Like like one and a half a quarter. I don't know. (laughs) One and one fourth. Yeah. I don't don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) On Uh. May 10th, 2018... Nielsen was taken from prison to New York Hospital after complaining of severe stomach pains. He was found to have ruptured abdominal or erotic insomnia, which was... <laughs> All right. What's that mean? <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Although he had subsequently suffered a blood clot as a complication of the surgery. Anyways, he died on May 12th, 2018. Oh, shit. 2018. That's insane. Two years ago. That's crazy. A little over two years, but yeah. A little over. That's the story? Yep. That's That's fucking insane. That's so... He fucking... Ew, like, he was just, like, cuddling. His quotes creep me the fuck out. Like, his what? His quotes, like, what he would Ew, say. Ew, I know. Like, that's so fucking disturbing. Ugh, so, especially because you just know it just, it came from his mouth yeah. directly. Yeah, the quotes. Every time you said quotes, I was like, no, don't Cringe. say it. Cringe. <laughs> Are you ready? No. <laughs> that was a great story, Gabby. Right? I feel like mine's kind of similar in ways-ish. So I kind of apologize. I didn't expect it to happen that way. It's it's not okay. Um, it's gonna have to be. (laughs) Okay. Um. (laughs) I'm excited. So. I'm tired of talking. Yeah, I know. I'm about to be slobbering a lot. Can you use your sexy voice for once? Just, just this one time. Like this? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what if they couldn't even hear me? They're like, what should I say? <laughs> like this. Like, like this. Maybe we should start like, having, like, this. relaxing voice. You know how, like, some podcasters, I they have, like, relaxing voices? I can only listen to those for so often because I want to hear, like, a crack of a joke in some areas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, even, like, the ones that are funny, like, they still have, like, nice voices. I feel like I'm like, Same! <laughs> And my laugh is, like, terrible. Dude, <laughs> when people, I mean, we don't have many comments because y'all don't like to um, leave us reviews, uh, whatever. 
We're not throwing any slugs. Yeah. No slugs at y'all's way. <laughs> but um, when people do comment, I mean, look, I'm drunk. I forgot what I was talking about again. Listen, there she goes with the voice. It's not as bad as season two, episode one. Don't go back. <laughs> Let's talk. Okay. Anyways, I'm doing the Hillside Strangler. Oh, I heard of this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Which one? Never heard of it? No. Oh, okay. It's kind of like yours. All right. So, this would become one of the most expensive trials in the history of California at the time. Okay. So, we're going to start with a little, you know, how I like to do a little background first. We're going to do background. Okay. Um, this first background will be on Kenneth. Alessio Bianchi. Um, Kenneth was born May 22nd, 1951 in Rochester, New York. Mm -hmm. His mother was an alcoholic sex worker who gave Kenneth up at, um, who gave Kenneth up after two months of him being born. So she gave him up for adoption. Uh At three months old, Kenneth would be adopted by Nicholas Bianchi and Francis. I'm going to butcher this name. Sholiano. Sholiano. Sure. Bianchi. In August 1951. So at three months, he was um, adopted by Francis and Nicholas. Uh, we now know what I'm about to tell you is that Francis would be Angelo Buono's aunt. It says aunt. Who's that? I'm about to tell you. Um, that would be Angelo, just remember Angelo, Angelo B's Mm -hmm. aunt, who we will discuss later. I literally put that in my notes. Okay. (laughs) Um, this became the Bianchi's only child, so Kenneth was their only child that they had adopted. Okay. Um, being given up by his mother, Kenneth had a lot of, uh, like a love-hate relationship with women. So, like, he loved women, but he also hated their guts, and one of the reasons was because of his mother. Uh Uh-huh. Francis, his adoptive mother, would go on to describe young Kenneth as a compulsive liar the moment he began to talk. So he would just consistently lie about nothing. Just for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. That'd be reminding me of some people. Mm -hmm. He would often fall (laughs) into a trance-like daydream, and his eyes would roll to, like, the back of his head. Mm -hmm. And so finally... You know, his family was like, we got to take him to the doctor. Like, this isn't normal. Mm-hmm. Um, at five years old, doctors diagnosed Kenneth with petite mal seizures from the symptoms mentioned to them. So, I'm assuming it's just, like, um, little seizures here and there. Okay. Like a, like a petite seizure, I would assume. That's the only thing I didn't look up. Everything else I looked up and asked questions. Whatever. Yeah, um, sure. I'm assuming it's, like, little seizures. So, not nothing too serious, mm-hmm. but... Um, Kenneth also went through many physical exams because he was experiencing involuntary urination issues. Oh. So he would literally just piss on himself for no Aww. reason. Um, this would cause him like a great deal of humi- humiliation during school. Yeah. Kenneth had had many behavioral problems. He would often have outbursts of anger. At the age of 10, he was diagnosed with passive-aggressive personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And although Kenneth has had these behavioral problems, he was overall an intelligent kid. So, at the age of 11, he had an IQ test, and his IQ test came back of 116. 
That's really fucking high for an eleven year old. Really? Really high. I like, don't even know. I don't understand IQs. Mine's probably like an eighty. And his is what? One hundred and sixteen out of eleven. Oh shit! I wonder yeah. where mine's at. Eighty five. Like I'm kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Who's speaking five, up? Five more than you. Any, <laughs> I'm better than you. Anything that be coming out of my mouth, sometimes I'm making it up, and I don't mean to. <laughs> All right. Um, his IQ test was 116, but Kenneth didn't use his intelligence. Like, he, he was so smart, but he didn't use that smartness in any of his life. Mm. He moved twice from different schools due to not getting along with the teachers in the schools. His mother called him lazy um, in his mm-hmm. schoolwork because he was so smart. Um, they would just call him lazy. Yeah. Um, um, his teachers also said that he was working below his capacity. Like, they knew he was capable of more, but he always just downgraded himself, basically. Like, he never did shit. Yeah. In 1964, Kenneth's father suddenly passed away from pneumonia. Kenneth refused to show any signs of emotion during this period of time. Because Francis's husband obviously passing away, Francis was forced to work long hours um, while Kenneth was in high school. So mm-hmm. she wasn't really, and couldn't really be, be yeah. there, you know? Um, she even kept him from school to stay home for long periods of time. So she'd, like, make him stay home instead of going to school. What the heck? Yeah. Kenneth would go on to graduate in 1979 from Gates Chili High School. Soon after graduation, he married his high school sweetheart, who I could not find a name on. I... Okay, so they didn't name his high school sweetheart. Um, the marriage ended up only lasting for eight months, and... So, when I'm saying this, I'm going to say it, but I've read in different articles that he might have had, like, different, um, girlfriends, uh... By married? Not even marriage, but, like, some girlfriends don't add up. There's one girlfriend... Okay, let me just say this, and I'll say it later. So, the marriage of his high school sweetheart ended up not lasting more than eight months they ended it after eight months mm-hmm. um it ended with her leaving with no explanation like apparently the wife left with no explanation mm-hmm. so she just left <clears throat> um never heard of her again um as an adult kenneth attended college but he dropped out after one semester mm-hmm. he drifted through many simple jobs whether they were you know working probably at fast food they didn't really mention fast food um i saw that he worked in an ice cream truck Little simple jobs. Jobs that didn't require a lot of work. Um, He ended up getting a security job at a jewelry store where his crime of theft came into place. So this is when he finally started becoming a criminal. Okay. Um, He would start to steal jewels and jewelry, like necklaces and stuff, to gift his girlfriends at the time or the sex workers he was talking to. And he would do this to try to win over their loyalty. Uh So he's like, look at all this. Like, good jewelry I can get you. Like, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Um, because of these petty um, thefts Kenneth was doing, he was constantly on the move. So he was never in one spot for too long. Okay. So he was moving around. Next, we're going to go to Angelo Buono. 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 Mm-hmm. This one. Okay. Um, he was Kenneth's accomplice. 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 It's accomplice. 
A conflict is not the right word. Oh, that's what you said. I know. You corrected me, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Anyways, his accomplice was his cousin. Oh. So. His. So. Not blood cousin. No. Right? Adoptive cousin. So his mom, his adoptive mom. Okay. Was Angelo's aunt. Okay. So. Oh, that you said earlier, right? Yes. So Francis, the Kenneth's adoptive mother is Angelo's aunt. Okay. And that's how they know each other, I guess. Gotcha. So Angelo was born October 5th, 1934 in Rochester, New York also. Mm-hmm. He was a first generation Italian immigrant from San Buono. Buono. Mm-hmm. Um, Angelo has a massive criminal record. Um, things ranging from failing to pay child support, grand theft auto, assault, and even so the extent. So you got kids? I guess so. He failed to pay child support. Mm, you didn't mention that. I thought you did research. Well, Angelo isn't really the most important man in this story, so. This is, I'm literally about to be done with his, um, background already. Yeah. Yeah, he, um. Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought you did your research really good. Oh, no, I, that I, I did. I did. What questions well, do you have? Uh, what was he's his not important. He's not important to the story. His story is not important. What's their social security he's number? He's not important. <laughs> Shit. Then why are you bringing him up if he's so not important? Because he wasn't a complice, but the story's God. not really mainly about him. Oh my him. God, guys. Anyways, so um, skip this episode. He was a Grand Theft Auto. He did Grand Theft Auto. He did assault, and he also committed rape. Um, Angela described himself as a, quote, ladies' man. Meeting up with his cousin, Kenneth. So, him and his cousin, Kenneth, finally got together. Mm-hmm. Dates were kind of foggy around this time, so I put 1995 to 1997. Okay. Sometime around there, they met up with each other. From another article I read, Kenneth had gone short on money at one point, and he moved in with his girlfriend. And see, this is one of the things that I'm saying, like, some articles have this. All right. Kenneth's girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. I read in some articles that this was his girlfriend. I read in some articles that there was some other events that happened, and then he received a girlfriend. So okay. I'm just inserting this right here because I feel like this is a good place. Um, So <clears throat> at, at one point, he didn't have any money, and he moved in with his girlfriend, a woman named Kelly Boyd. Um, Kelly Boyd and him soon ended up having a child. I can't find anything on his child, whether his child doesn't want to be found or... They what? just don't list him, and he's not real. This is not true. Okay. <laughs> um, being a pathological liar, he then goes on to tell Kelly that he was dying of cancer. He even went as far as setting up a um, psychology practice with a phony degree. He ended up leaving her, and around this time, I believe, is when he moved to California to meet Angelo. Okay. Um, like I said, the dates are kind of patchy. Um... So, again, around 1995 to 1997, Kenneth moved to Los Angeles, California to live with his cousin, Angelo. At this time, Kenneth was around 25 years old, and Angelo was between the ages of 40 to 42. Oh. So, he was... <clears throat> old as fuck. Good two decades on his cousin. Yeah. Um, Angelo provided, like, a strong role model for the docile. So, docile basically means somebody who's ready to be submissive, somebody who's ready to accept control and instruction without question. I don't so, like that. Yeah, so Kenneth was basically, like, listening to his every word and, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do what you say. Like, yeah. da, da, da. Uh-huh. 
Um, <clears throat> Kenneth and Angelo were short on money and needed something fast. Angelo had suggested that the two could get girls to work for them as sex workers and they be pimps. Two girls that they brought into this were teenage runaways. Mm -hmm. Their names were Sabra Hannon and Becky Spears. Mm -hmm. Becky soon met a lawyer. Are these guys white? Yes. Okay. Um, Becky met a lawyer, I guess on one of her runs maybe. I'm not exactly sure. how. It doesn't go into detail. Uh But his name was David Wood. David Wood was so horrified by her story because basically these men forced her into being a prostitute, basically. Oh, shit. Um, so they forced her into doing that, and she basically opened up to this David Wood guy. Mm-hmm. And so, horrified by her story, he arranged for Becky to safely escape from the men and get out of the city. So, he prepared for her to, like, leave, have a place for her to stay, oh, everything like so that. Oh, so nice. Yeah, so he got her out of there. <clears throat> yeah. After a short time, Sabra wanted to escape as well. Like, she yeah. didn't want to be there either. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure why the lawyer didn't help her, too, or why they Maybe. didn't, like, go together. Maybe they only could do separate jobs. Mm-hmm. Not too sure on exactly how that worked. But um, with the encouragement of Becky getting out, and getting solved. Um, so with Becky getting out, you know, Sabra was like, I'm ready to escape too. Um, getting the encouragement from Becky, she soon escaped and was able to get away from the men. Soon after their pimping, quote unquote, income mm-hmm. was no more, they had to figure something out. They needed money. Okay, so those were the only two girls and the only two girls escaped at that time. Yes, so okay. they just they wanted to make money, so they just brought them in to basically make money. They both got away. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they had to figure something out because, like I said, they needed money. The two began to impersonate police officers. Um, they soon found another young woman, and they placed her into the previous girl's bedroom. I'm assuming by some articles I read that they kind they kind of like acted like she was gonna get arrested. And then just brought her to this room and were like, you have to stay here. Uh-huh. Kind of. That's how they brought her there. Okay. Um, they also met, or they also came across a sex worker named Deborah Noble, who had support, I'm sorry, who had a supposedly, quote unquote, trick list. Um, this trick list had a name, or the names of men who frequently went, uh, went to the sex workers on the streets. So the men who mm-hmm. were... Giving all their money, basically. Right. Deborah and her friend Yolanda Washington sold and delivered the list to the men in October of 1977. So now we're about to get into the murders. Oh, finally. Yeah. God. Um, this is... I'm sorry, guys. This is okay, a long time to get there. This but... is a long one. This is a long one. Um, really? Yeah. This oh. is a super long one. I feel like I'm out of breath already. All right. You look tired. Yeah, just a little bit. So <laughs> Take a deep breath. okay so the two men sexually abused their victims before strangling them to death wait what the fuck no what i'm just telling you a gist of what they do to their victims right now okay it's just a small little paragraph and then i'm gonna go into the murder okay i was like uh, i'm sorry who what where the two men kenneth and angelo okay um they would, so I'm just like, this is like a big, a little paragraph for all the murders that I'm about to tell. Okay. 
So, Angelo and Kenneth sexually abused their victims before strangling them to death. They also went on to experience with other killing methods, such as lethal injection, electric shock, oh, and carbon... Oh my god, I almost spit. Carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh! <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, sorry. I almost spit everywhere. Um, the scumbag's murder spree lasted from October... Did you say the scumbag murder... Yes. <laughs> you heard me correct. The scumbag murder what? The scumbags. Oh. Their murder spree. Oh, the lasted. scumbags murder spree. The scumbags murder spree. <laughs> lasted. <laughs> From October 16th, 1977. Okay. To February 16th, 1978. This was That's a four month time span holy shit of their that's really short yeah short as fuck hmm sorry i needed a drink because we're I, about to I, get in you always like whenever i take a sip you fill in and talk I'm, but whenever you take a sip i'm just like silent and you're like staring <laughs> at me the whole time like well Next. Yeah. Okay, pause. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to fill in and talk. Like, you're all like, whenever I take a drink, you're like, wow, oh, that's really interesting. I can't believe that that's happening. <laughs> What's so hard about that? <laughs> Gabby's a terrible co-host. I am. Oh, my God. Okay. And I thought I was drunk. All right, I had to take a drink because we're about to get into the murders now. So, all these murders happen in a four-time, four-month time span. Okay. Ow. <laughs> Victim one, Yolanda Washington. Yolanda was one of the women before with Deborah, um, the women who sold the trickless, quote unquote, to right. the men. Yeah. Yolanda, the 19 year old girl. Only 19? Only 19. Aww. Um, the 19 year old girl mentioned in this meeting with the men as she was speaking to Angelo. So when they went to go drop off the trickless, while she was speaking to Angelo, Mm-hmm. She mentioned that she worked at a certain area of Sunset Boulevard in California. Mm-hmm. She mentioned that to him. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Kenneth and Angelo soon realized that the quote-unquote trick list that they purchased was not real. So they bought something phony. Oh, shit. And I can only imagine that they paid a lot of money for that. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. So the this outraged the men even more. So they were pissed. Um, this is when Angela remembered Yolanda's mention about Sunset Boulevard. So he was like, oh, shit, I remember that. One of the girls told me that she works in this certain area. Mm-hmm. Um, the two then decided this rage would be taken out on Yolanda instead of Deborah because they, when they tried to look for Deborah, they couldn't find her anywhere. Right, she had already got out. Yeah, it was <clears throat> out of town like i don't know exactly where she went but they couldn't find her Mm -hmm. so they decided that this rage would go on uh yolanda uh october 17th 1977 yolanda's yolanda washington's body was found naked on a hillside area near the ventura freeway They determined the body had been wiped clean of any evidence before being dumped. She had faint marks around her neck, arms, and wrist. Assumed she had been bounded with some type of rope. Yolanda had also been raped in the process. Her death was caused by strangulation. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Yo Yolanda. Oh, Yolanda. Okay. Copy and paste. So, no, 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 I didn't. <laughs> I wrote this stupid. So, where Yolanda was placed was kind of like in an open field. So, her being placed so far in the open, mm-hmm. so anybody could see, the police believed like they weren't dealing with some regular, like, murder. Okay. They weren't dealing with, like, a crime of passion. They seemed to believe that the killer wanted to perhaps maybe send a message. So, mm-hmm. this is one of the first signs that started this case. Like, why is this body so far in the open for us to just find? Like, why to, is like, it... To run into. Like, right. Why, why wouldn't is... you put it in the woods or, like, in a lake? Yeah. Whatever. Like, why wouldn't you try to hide it? Mm-hmm. So, this was different to them. Victim two. Judith Lynn Miller. Judith was 15 years old and attended Hollywood High School. 15? 15. Fuck. They just get worse. Oh... Um, Judith was 15 years old and attended Hollywood High School. Uh-huh. Judith was said to be a runaway and occasionally was a sex worker to make some money. 15? 15. Oh my god. That's crazy. The last anyone would see Judith would be October 31st, 1977. Halloween? Halloween. A day after your birthday. The day after my birthday. I wasn't alive then, though. Nineteen seventy-seven. No, no, definitely not. Because we would have to reconsider our friendship. That was like twenty years before I was born, almost. Yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. Maybe like eighteen years. No, seventy-seven was twenty because that's the year my mom was born. I'm pretty sure. No, not since I was born though. Oh, then it was like yeah, eighteen. I think yeah, like eighteen. I was born in 95. Yeah, 18. Damn. 18. That was Watch, we're going to be wrong. Somebody's going to be like, um, it's 32. <laughs> <laughs> the only comment that we ever get. <laughs> right? The only one. <laughs> Damn. All right. Um, okay, so in the early morning, a resident called police to alter Terrence Drive in La Crenza, California people tell me how to say that. <laughs> Um, a neighborhood 12 miles or I did the kilometer. Oh. Or 19.312 or is it kilometers? Kilometers. Kilometers sound bet like sounds right. I've never heard of a kilometer in my life. A kilometer. Kilometer. North of downtown LA. What the fuck? It's definitely kilometers. Kilo- or kilometers. Um, you're that wrong. Like <laughs> the only second comment we've ever <laughs> They're back to back. All right, so we'll wait for that comment. Um, they come upon a girl described to be small and thin, weighing about 90 pounds, and appearing to be about 16 years old. This was Judy. Or Judith. I don't know why I thought I could nickname her Judy. And like, I feel who do you really think you now. are? I literally, who do you think you are? I've been putting Judith this whole girl. time, and right here I put Judy. <laughs> That's not my place, and I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, uh, this is Judith. She had been covered with a tarp when police arrived by the resident who found her. So the children that were going to school wouldn't like see her when they were walking by. 
But they that, saw the tarp? No. Yeah, they would see the tarp, but you don't, you know, kids don't think anything when you have a tarp now. I did. You'd be thinking there was bodies on there? Dude, even if I see boxes on the road, I'm like, there's kittens in there. Oh I just, like, I always, I think we're Okay, shit like I can that. think that. But like, a random, I, like, I don't be hitting them. Cause like, I'm like, driving down the, like, down the highway, you see, like, a garbage bag, instant thought. Even whenever I was, like, 10, I was, like, dead body. Body! Yes! yes. Like, I, I'll, I'll be looking at that. it hard as fuck. I'm like, there's probably Can I see any imprints? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. I'm not going to stop and lie, but I'm going to look hard as fuck <laughs> as I'm driving by. That, bro. Damn, that's bad. Yeah. I don't know about like that. Judith had ligature marks on her neck, ankles, and wrist, just like victim one, um, indicating she had been bonded and she was strangled to death. Detective Salerno. Salerno? What just happened? I hit it from the wrong side. <laughs> Dang, you hit that shit hard as fuck. Dude, yeah, it was. I, never I hit done. my Joel from the wrong side, and it came out the wrong side. I don't. Know I've hit it really hard before. And that's never happened to me. It was really weird. It's like burning. What the fuck? Oh, also, if you hear me do a little cough every now and then, it's a puff bar. Yeah. All right. Um, oh yeah, it's not a Joel. Yeah, it's not. Okay, it's okay. That's okay. I call it a Joel too. So still. Um, Detective Salerno, 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 S-A-L-E-R-N-O, okay, Salerno, Salerno, that's still wrong, found a small piece of light colored lamp on Judith's eyelid and put it with forensic evidence. The coroner's report later detailed Judith had also been raped and sodomized. What's sodomized? Um, basically like anal raped oh Ew. yeah um the two men judith okay wait, 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 wait um okay so the two men would go on to tell judith that they were undercover police officers they then handcuffed <coughs> her and took Sorry. her to angelo's upholstery shop on colorado boulevard in glendale then that's where she was murdered Ugh. So, they tricked her into thinking that they were police officers. Yeah, they're basically like, "We need to take you in." Da da da. And they took her to one of Angelo's shops, I guess. Oh my god! But see, another article that I read said that every victim they took, they killed, they took to Angelo's house. <clears throat> okay. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. So she that. was like, okay, so like when they picked her up, she was like prostituting. I'm guessing. So, or she, I, yes, I would she was probably so, right? on the street prostituting and then they picked her up acting like they were going to do, you know, like, like a deal. Or, well, they said they were police officers, right? Oh yeah. So they so, probably like, told her like, that she's under arrest for prostituting. Yeah. And then took her in that way. It didn't, it didn't go into much detail. It just said that they handcuffed her and. Told her that she was going in and took her to Angelo's okay. upholstery. I'm just gonna assume that she is prostituting. I'm. They. That's how they had to find her because majority of their victims they did go on the street and they found random sex workers. So. Oh, okay. So I would as I would assume that's what happened. Victim three, Alisa Teresa Caston. Alyssa, I think it's Alyssa. How do you spell it? E L I S S A. 
Elisa. Elisa, right? Yeah. Elisa was a 22-year-old woman. She was a professional dancer for the L.A. Knockers. Mm-hmm. Unlike the last two victims, Elisa was not a sex worker, she was not a drug user, and she was not a runaway. Hmm. Um, Alyssa, Elisa was a waitress as well. She was last seen leaving the restaurant the night before her body was found. Ooh. That's why I always have either someone walk me to my car or, like, I'm walking out, like, holding pepper spray. Yeah. Well, every single time. I would walk out holding my car key, like, between my knuckles as, like, a shank. Yeah. Like, if somebody came up to me, straight in their neck, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not finna get that close to me. I'm finna pepper oh. spray. I need pepper spray. Jose bought me some a long time ago, but I don't have it anymore. Oh. That sucks. Yeah, I need some. You do? I do. I do. They sell them on Amazon for, like, $15. Yeah. There's some at the gun shop, too. Hmm. Buy some at the gun shop. Uh, oh, no. I just <laughs> went all the way down. Oh, my God. Freaking fuck. Okay, what should I talk about while you're figuring um, it out? Oh, my God. That was so crazy. That was insane. I got it. Well, Okay. <laughs> you suck at that. <laughs> Damn. She, okay, I'm so doing my best. She was last seen leaving the restaurant. Um, the two men saw her driving. They ended up following her to her street where her house was and pulled her over. Mm-hmm. They show her fake police badges and said that they were detectives. They then handcuffed her, telling her that they were taking her in for questioning. Five days later, after the killing of Judith... So, Judith, Judith's body was found November 1st, 1977. Okay. So, November <clears throat> 6th, 1977, um, Elisa's body was found near the Chevy Chase County Club in Glendale. Oh, God. Like Judith, Elisa was bonded by her neck, wrist, and ankles, mm-hmm. like the last two victims. Okay. Having signs of strangulation. And she was brutally raped, but not solemnized. Mm. Sodomized, not solemn. What's solemnized? I don't know. Oh, I feel I like that's like a real word. So- Solomon. <clears throat> Solomon. What the fuck is a Solomon? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're going to Google solemnized later. Well, you said what it meant. It meant... No, in- Sodomized. Domized oh. means what I said. Oh, okay. I accidentally said sala mine. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't know what that means. All right. Um, victim <clears throat> four. Victim four was not a death victim, so mm-hmm. she's a little out of the group, a little out of the way. She's not a death victim. Okay. You could say she got away. Maybe she. Oh, stop worrying about right. for me. So victim four. Um, sometime in early November 1977, the two men approached a 24-year-old Catherine Lore Baker, mm-hmm. disguised as cops. They were disguised as cops. When, when requesting her ID, the cops noticed a picture of this woman being young on her dad's lap, like a little, um, picture you hold in your wallet or whatever. Uh-huh. It was of her and her dad <clears throat> when she was very young. The two realized Catherine Lore was the daughter of actor Peter Lore, famous for his role as a serial killer in a Fritz Lang's film called, I think, M. That's random. That's literally it said a Fritz Lo- a Fritz Lang's film 
quote unquote M. Hmm. So I'm assuming the name's M. <clears throat> what are the odds of that? That they pick up a girl that's a right serial killer's actor. An actor serial serial killer. killer actor. So instead of their plan to kidnap and kill the woman, they the men let her go without any incidents. So they're just, what they're they, just like okay. They notice who she was and they're like, all right, sorry, ma'am, for the stop. Basically. Oh, because if they did that shit, that would cause so much attention towards yeah. them, probably. It, yeah. That's probably why they didn't And do I'm it. sure this guy was famous in this time period, mm-hmm. I would assume. Mm-hmm. She, did, she didn't even realize that she could have been in danger until the men were arrested and she remembered being stopped by them. So, she didn't realize until they were on the news and she was like, oh shit, like... Damn. She didn't tell her dad, like, hey, I was stopped by these. She thought it was a regular, like, cop stop. Like, oh, I did something wrong. Like, let me pull over. I wonder what they would tell her that, like, oh, you were being arrested. Maybe maybe they were like, oh, your light's out. Or maybe they were like, oh, we had suspicion of this car. Oh, your plates came back clean. Sorry, ma'am, for the inconvenience. Blah, blah, blah. Be on your way. Like, they don't have to necessarily. They're cops. They don't have to go into detail. Um, okay. Victim five and six. Okay. Sunday, November 13th, 1977. Two girls, Dolores and, they call her Dolly as well, Cepeda, age 12, and Sonia Marie Johnson, age 14, were heading home on an RTD bus. The girls were last seen getting off the bus on New York Boulevard and Avenue 46, talking to two men in a two-tone sedan. The girls' bodies were found November 20th by a nine-year-old boy who was on a treasure... I'm sorry, who was treasure Mm -hmm. hunting in a trash pile on Mm -hmm. a hillside near Dodger Stadium. Aww. What are the odds of that? That's just so trash random. Honey. Just trash honey. That's so random. You just <sighs> happen to... That's God right there. Like, you just... Who tr- to- okay, first of all, who treasure hunts in a trash can? Hey, this is the 1970s. But, like, honestly, like, how many kids would do that? And what are the odds of going into the one trash... Well, I feel like this hill that- have maybe... <clears throat> A lot of dump sites, probably. Oh. Because I think it was, like, an on... Because there's many sections of this hill where bodies are left, and it's called the Hillside Strangler. Oh. So, I'm assuming it's a lot of hill... Like, the hill is part of all one... Big dumpster site? Probably. And little dump sites in between, because it's so big. Oh. Maybe, I would assume. Um... They were found by a nine-year-old boy treasure hunting. Both girls' bodies were already decomposing, and it was determined they died being strangled and raped. 12 um. and 14. Oh! Yeah. Ew. Um, victim seven. Well, I just... Okay. <clears throat> Christina Weckler. A quiet 20-year-old honor student at Art Center... College of Design. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was a 20-year-old quiet student, honored student at Art Center College of Design. Yeah, I know. You said that. Yeah, I said that dumb. Um, <laughs> a detective, Bob Grogan of LAPD, said she was, quote, 
loving and serious young woman who should have had a bright future ahead. Your quotes are so much better than my quotes. Thanks. My quotes were creepy. They were good, though. They were uncomfortable. They were good. Yeah, they were a little uncomfortable. Your but they quotes, were good. Your quotes make me feel... I needed to bring some light into yeah. this story. <laughs> oh, she was an honor student. She was a quiet honor student and deserved a better life. She yeah, did. My quote was like... She did. My quote was like, I raped him and then bathed his body and I shaved it. Good night, Stefan. Oh, creepy. Uh, Unquote. Unquote. (laughs) Um, Christina's body was found earlier the same day on November 20th. So, the same day as the two other girls, Mm -hmm. um, Sonia and Dolores. Christina's body was also found earlier that morning um, on a hillside by some hikers between Glendale and Eagle Rock. And she was there naked. Oh. Christina had ligature marks on, again, her wrist, ankles, and neck. Mm-hmm. Turning her over, Detective Grogan discovered bruising on her breast and noticed obvious um, obvious blood uh-huh. that had oozed from her rectum. Oh! Ooh! Yeah. Oh, how does that happen? Oh, my God. They probably... They had were a sodomizing or something. They were probably sodomizing her and it probably ripped or something. <clears throat> oh, I don't like that. Mm-mm. No, no. She also had puncture wounds on her arms, but no needle tracks showing drug usage. It was later found that she had been injected with Windex. Windex? Like the glass cleaner, Windex. Oh my god. What is, I wonder what that does to you. When you're injected with that? Yeah, I didn't... I, I should What happens if you drink it? You die? I would assume it'd be, like, a chemical poisoning, so... You... Yeah. This is so random, but I feel like it's, like, really interesting to add in there. Um, just, like, as a little, like, side story. Just randomly, I just thought of it right now. Mm-hmm. My I remember I used to, um... <clears throat> whenever... I was probably, like, five or... Or, like, no, like, six or seven, um... We, it was the first house we moved to at Texas, and there was this girl, and she was probably, like, five years older than me, and then there was another girl um, on my same street. There was another girl who, she was my same age, and we used to hang out with this older girl who was, like, five years older than us, and she was, like, this, like, weird kind of, like, goth chick, like, yeah, like, oh, she was really weird, like, she was just, like, super goth and like i have nothing against goth people but she was like like those weird ones those really weird ones that are like into like death and like yeah they find it fascinating but they find it fascinating in a weird way they're like oh yeah yeah so we were playing truth or dare and we were in my my dad's or we were in my parents garage and she made she was like okay dare and she dared me to drink um a concoction of whatever she put together to drink it Mm -hmm. something in like kitchen products right right either way i didn't know that this kind of stuff could make me sick or make me die so she's she starts pulling pouring these weird liquids in our garage into a cup Shut the fuck yes, up. Yes, random as, um, like, <clears throat> cleaning supplies, like, 
I think my dad had some, like, car oil. You've never told me this before. Really? It was... I Really? I haven't? No. I guess... I don't know. This just triggered my memory for some reason. So she's pouring all these weird concoctions into this cup. And she's fixing it. And she's stirring it. And she's about to, you know, drink it as a dare. And I'm t- she's, like, five years... She knows better. Yeah. I'm seven. She's, like, <clears throat> 13, 13, 14. Yeah. You know at that time that can make someone sick. Yeah. At my age, I I didn't know. So anyways, I'm about to drink this potion that she's mixing. And my dad just happens to come outside. And he's like, what are you doing? And he starts kind of like yelling at her. Like, what are you doing? Like, what did you? And he sees all this, these lick, like these like different like. Bottles open and shit. Yeah, like, and then a glass full of, like, a weird colored liquid. He's like, and I was like, oh, we're playing truth or dare. Like, I was about to drink it. And she, like, kind of gave me this look, like. No, you weren't. This side eye, like, shut up. What the fuck? Yes, and so my dad's like, get out of my house. Like, don't ever come back here again. And And so she starts crying and she runs down the street. And my dad's like, you're never hanging out with her again. And he was like, he was like, you know, you could have died. Like this stuff could have like killed you. And he like pours, like he like pours it out and stuff. And like, yeah, I was never able to hang out with her ever again. But oh like, my. yeah, she literally like made a she concoction. She could have real killed like, you. Yeah, like I literally could have died. Like I, my dad just so happened. To, he never, he never of- liked her. Yeah, like he never, he always thought that she was weird as fuck, so he never really liked her. So every time we hung out with her, like he would, he would never let me go to her house. He would constantly, like, if she was over, like he would come and check on us. Uh huh. He just happened well, thank to walk out. Yeah, that. he happened to walk out like a good time because I literally could have died. Oh, so my that's just like God. a little random, like, yeah. side story. Yeah, so I think she even, like, even though she was. Oh, the... my gosh, bitch. So even though she was like older than us, she like I think she like felt a year. And whenever I was in ninth grade, she went to our high school. She was in like twelfth grade. She kind of now that you're saying that, oh, I love. I said her name on pause, but I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, don't. Uh, for confidential reasons. Uh, yeah, but she listens one day. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. crazy. Thank goodness your dad is your dad, and he walked in. I know. Because I feel like. Not that my mom or dad didn't care, but I don't know. I feel like when I was hanging out with my friends, they're like, "Okay, she's fine." Like, yeah, you know, she's okay. Yeah. And oh my god, I can't even imagine. They just dude. really didn't even like her at all. No, I'm. A, I think my dad was like even looking for a reason to to like, kick her out. Like, like don't he, fucking come back. Here, yeah. He just I would have always been, thought she was weird. I would have been weirded out to begin with that a fucking older ass girls hanging out with my seven-year-old daughter like yeah like you're like 13 and you're hanging out with like a seven-year-old yeah like maybe if it was two year difference okay but we're your friends it was sister girl okay sorry but i thought that was an interesting little story to throw in there that was a good one to throw i can't believe i jogged up some memories i know my my deepest darkest memories i haven't thought about in years seriously okay so um (laughs) victim eight Right, because we just went over victim. Yes, victim yeah. eight. Mm-hmm. November twenty third, nineteen seventy seven. Twenty eight year old Evelyn Jane King, an actress who had gone missing, was found badly decomposed near the Los Feliz ramp off Golden State Freeway. 
Her body was so badly decomposed, investigators couldn't determine if she had been raped or tortured. They could, they could, however, tell that she died of strangulation. In response to this case happening, mm-hmm. um, her being, I'm assuming her being a famous actor, you know, increased the movement of the police. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Authorities created a task force initially created with 30 officers from LAPD, mm-hmm. the Sheriff's Department, and Glendale Police Department. To now catch when they finally made the name for them, the Hillside Stranglers. Ooh. Victim 9. Around late evening on November 28th slash 29, a neighbor looked out of her window. So when I say slash, I mean like um, early midnight-ish on the 28th. Mm-hmm. But obviously it's midnight, so we're going into 29. Um... A neighbor looked out of her window and saw 18-year-old Lauren Wit. I'm sorry, Lauren Ray Wagner mm-hmm. being kidnapped from her car by two men who they described to be, um, one was tall and young and the other was older and shorter with bushy hair. She said that Lauren screamed, the neighbor said that Lauren screamed, you won't get away with this during the abduction. Why the neighbor didn't call the cops as soon what as that happened, fuck? I cannot fucking tell It's you. so weird to me to how you can hear something like that and then just mind your business. Yeah, like, oh, she said they they won't get away with it. Guess they won't. Like, yeah, I won't do it. I'm not even going to help does them. That, how does that sit okay with you? Yeah, like, why wouldn't you? I feel like, you know those uh, videos of, like, fights and shit that go on? Like, nobody does anything. Everybody's just so busy recording. Yeah. I feel like I could not be one of those people that were recording. Like, yeah. How are you... Like, for instance, if it was an old person, how can you sit there and record an old person getting beat up and not do anything? Yeah. Like, I would fucking... I would go off, bitch. Yeah, I would what? kick you in the face. I, uh, I will never understand that. Um, but she didn't call the cops. Uh, the, Lauren's parents expected her to be home around midnight on the 28th, which I said. Uh, before midnight, actually. Mm-hmm. The morning of November 29th, 1977, her parents woke up to Lauren still not being there. Her body was found in the hills around L.A. Mount Washington, Los Angeles, Mount Washington. Yeah. Lauren had also ligature marks on her hands wrist and ankles she also had burns on her hands indicating that she had been tortured oh like what were they burning her with what do you think like what kind of burns were they like little cigarette burns or like i would assume burns? i would assume and in that time era i would probably do cigarette burns or even probably just burning of the flesh maybe uh, just to torture them uh yeah uh i, I Back then was probably, I mean, even now, gruesome. But yeah. I would assume it'd probably be cigarette burns or just lighting them just straight on fire. Like, oh, like. my God. Um, We're going to go into victim 10. Mm-hmm. Victim 10's name was Kimberly Diane Martin, 17-year-old Kimberly, who happened to be a sex worker. She wanted to take precautions and tried not to work on the streets at the time that the quote-unquote hillside stranglers were on the loose Uh so she wanted to be safer so she decided that she would go and work at a call girl agency 
thinking this would be the safer route. I'll avoid these men on the streets because they're just prowling on the streets. Wow, really? Yes. Um, unfortunately, the two men called that agency from a public payphone at a Hollywood public library. Kimberly happened to be the young woman who was dispatched to the apartment they requested it at. Wait, what what is she doing again? She's She's a a sex worker. And she works for a call girl agency, so she's kind of like an escort. Oh, I thought you said... Oh, okay. I'm tripping. I thought you said a call agency. So I was thinking like a... You know, they call and they yeah, like no, no, annoy no. you. Call girl agency. Oh, so okay. Like, so like you she's bring like a... Like an escort, kind of. Yeah. She's escorting. Um, Kimberly happened to be the young woman who was sent to the apartment. When police investigated the apartment, she had been called to, because I'm assuming, you know, they're like, she's not back yet. They're mm-hmm. supposed to have this amount of time, you know. I'm sure it was kind of legit for them to tell. I don't know exactly how they told, but police Yeah, did. how does that... Police did go investigate that apartment when she didn't return. Mm-hmm. Um, they found it empty, and they found it vacant. Wait, so the pimps didn't check it out? So the I'm people, confused. The people who, che- who checked it out was Kenneth and Angelo. Okay. The hillside street. Right. No, yeah, they checked out the... Ho- the apartment. No, but I mean, like, the pimps... Like, why would they call the police? Like, no, but see, with the call girl agency, it's not a pimp. It's basically like your boss, just somebody that. But you're prostitute, so it's like. See, but you're like, if you call the cops, you're like snitching on yourself. I would feel like a call girl agency isn't much, isn't is different than the streets. You going to just find a prostitute? Like, I feel like it's still legal, definitely. But there's some way they illegal. try to beat around it to make it no- a little bit more illegal. Okay. Um. So they don't technically have pimps. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen like drug shows. Like it's like a lady running every girl, and a guy will walk in and she'll be like, "What's your preference?" But it's the manager, owner, right. boss lady mm-hmm. saying that to the man. Um. I just I don't know. I I don't think call agency is the same thing as having a pimp. Because, in my opinion, call agency would be a little more, quote-unquote, professional. Okay. Because they have to abide by rules and shit, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm sure there's something that they had to abide by. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Kenneth and Angelo called the agency from a public payphone at at a Hollywood public library. Kimberly happened to be the young woman who was dispatched to the apartment. When police investigated the apartment, it was empty and vacant, and they also found that it had been broken into. So, whoever was renting it wasn't the person that brought that girl in that Mm -hmm. apartment. They just broke in. Um, December 14, 1977, 17-year-old Kimberly's body was found naked on an abandoned lot near Los Angeles City Hall. She had visible signs of torture and had been bounded again by the ankles, neck, and wrist. Victim 11. God damn! Fuck! There's two that more. many in that fucking two months? Four months in there. Four months? months? Yes. There's a lot. Golly, that's like every weekend. Literally almost every day of the week. That's crazy. Okay. That's so crazy. February 17th, 
1978. A helicopter flying over parts of LA noticed a orange Datsun at the bottom of a cliff. A Datsun is like a type of car mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the helicopter called this into the police saying this is a little suspicious, might want to check it out. Upon arrival, 20-year-old Cindy Lead Hudspeth a student and part-time waitress was found stuffed in the trunk of her own car. Mm. Sydney had ligature marks and also showed signs of being tortured and raped. After Angelo and Kenneth killed her, they pushed her car off the edge of a cliff. Mm. But you could still see it? Yeah, so I'm assuming when it was oh, pushed so the, off the cliff... When I think of a cliff, I think, like, water at the bottom, but that's not always the no. case. It could be, like, dry <clears throat> as fuck, just complete rocks like yeah just like yeah that. so but i'm a, i don't think it was that tall because the car wasn't demolished and they still found her body mm-hmm. so i feel like it just like got pushed off kind of just fell okay. straight down yeah um after completing this 11th murder kenneth revealed to angelo he had been an lapd ride along so at one point angelo was trying to apply to become a police officer while he was on his killing spree what's that Fuck. Yes. Don't he, they do like um police officers? They have to go through like a polygraph. Yeah. Polygraphs don't always necessarily tell the truth though. So they yeah. can't I wonder if they did it back that. then though. Cuz I know now they wa- definitely go it, off polygraphs like they like It probably wasn't as um detailed accurate. They even like even like ask weird questions like have you ever like with an animal like they ask shit like that and really police polygraphs yeah that's i didn't know that but i mean obviously they would have to do background checks and shit he he was denied every time he applied he yeah. applied multiple times but i'm assuming he well, made, good yeah definitely good i'm assuming he made friends with the los angeles police department so he did like a little ride so yeah police would let him like ride in the car um they take him to crime scenes sometimes, like, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the case may be. So he told... Okay, so we're at the part where he told... Angelo, Angelo his accomplice. That he had been in a ride-along. That he has been doing ride-alongs with the oh, police. okay. And the police finally have been questioning him now about the Hillside Strangler. So they're questioning him, and he's in the car with the police. And so now he's like, oh, this is getting a little close, and... He even remembers, apparently, in some articles that he was in the car searching mm-hmm. for the hillside strangler, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. while the police were looking for him. And what he was the in the car fuck? with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. He knew it was him, and he's just like, oh, we gotta find them. Like, I bet them police officers felt stupid as fuck when they found out. They probably... Probably honestly hated their life. Like, why didn't I catch this? You know, like, why didn't I I not know? Yeah, how did I not know? Like, that probably beat them up for a very long time. Hell yeah, that beat me up. Yeah, for real. Um, so he finally told Angela that he was in the LAPD rides, and then he had been questioned about the Hillside Strangler. Mm -hmm. Angelo became outraged when Kenneth told him that. He went as far as threatening Kenneth that. And telling him, like, if he didn't move out of California to Washington, like, a certain area of Washington ASAP, um, that Angelo was going to kill him himself. Oh, like, shit. Like, kill Kenneth. I thought you said Angelo wasn't important. He's not. He sounded like the boss man. 
He, if you remember in the beginning how I said he's very dominant. Um, mm-hmm. He's older. He's 20 years older. So anything that he says, Kenneth is going to be like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I'll go do this. Like, he's dumb. Like, he's not dumb. He's a super intelligent man, but he's dumb. Yeah. I, I, mean, I know what I you don't, mean. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how else to put that. That's exactly how to put it. Um, he told him to go to Washington ASAP where he was going to kill him shortly after. Kenneth moved, and he was in Washington around May of 1978. Okay. And that is where I'm ending my story today. Ew! I hate that ending. Um, Next week, week, I will go into... Why was I thinking you were going to finish it? Because, baby... Ew! There's still... This is not even... I still have two more cases to go over. I still have a girlfriend the, that was kind of entwined in the relationship. I have the their com- I have their conviction. I have a lot to go over, you guys. I had to end it there. <sighs> had to. Your story was Damn long it. as shit. It was. That's true. Yeah, this 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 episode is gonna be long as shit. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. But good. Yeah. Good come back. Yeah, we needed to come back to you guys. Again, we are so sorry. You know, we took a that long break. Some of it was mentally. There was a lot going on in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to take some breaks somehow. And working now and trying to still be safe during the pandemic is really fucking hard. Oh, yeah. Um, Texas doesn't quite seem to understand that. Oh, and I oop. Uh, <laughs> um, but we're really sorry, guys, and we don't plan to leave that long again. And if something does happen, we will definitely inform you guys. That way you're ready for it next time because we don't want to leave you hanging like that. Um, we really hope you guys are still here and listening to us. Yes. Uh, I promise we'll be back. We'll be better. I hope this episode made up for some things because I know it's long as fuck. Hell yeah, But buddy. I just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you for sticking around. Leave us comments. Um, don't forget to tell your friends about us so we can get a little more exposure out in the world. Re- retweet us on Twitter. Retweet us on Twitter. Go Share f- our Instagram story. Go follow us on Instagram. Comment anything you think we need to add, change. If you need to tell us how to say a word, that's fine. If you need to oh, criticize okay. us, we take criticism. Well, in I, don't, a good I way. don't take it that well. So. <laughs> unless, unless you want to get your ass what? Yeah, let's be nice. Uh. <laughs> Um, yeah, if, you, my if y'all want to actually, you know, leave comments about me and not just Gabby. Hey, hey, hey. Cool. <laughs> you know. No it's stuff. like me. I'm like making separate accounts. Like, <laughs> wow, I love Gabby. Gabby is Gabby. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, damn, I'm reading all these damn comments. I say I'm reading all these comments like we have 30,000. We have like five. <laughs> all right, so. You're making me ugly laugh. Please, leave us some comments yes. tell us what we can fix because honestly you guys if the more you communicate with us the more you tell us like what we need to do not like you know bo- don't boss us the yeah fuck you're around. not our director bitch no, don't get no, it twisted no no don't. i'm just saying you know if you don't like something we do maybe somebody else doesn't like the same thing and we can fix that and so um just let us know you know yep uh yeah you can follow us on our personal social medias but you cannot judge us Nope. If you want that, if I guess I can say that. right now. 
No, you'll find it. We retweet our stuff all the time. So yeah. if you really want to go follow us on Twitter, you can find our Twitter, our personal Twitters on our Boozle Booze Twitter because we usually retweet everything Boozle Booze. So yeah, whatever. That's all I got to say. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I did. I'll see you next week, man. See ya. Peace. Like what you heard? Booze with Booze is now offering sponsorship opportunities. If you would like your business or product featured on this podcast, contact Booze with Booze at the email below. If you'd like to be featured in one of our future episodes by leaving us a voicemail, you can go to our website at anchor.fm backslash booze with booze or call our booze with booze number at 832-409-3085. If you'd like to send us your hometown or your drunk, stupid stories, please send us an email. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All of our contact information and social media links will be listed in the description below. Bye! Bye.